Welcome back to another episode of Chalk Talk. On today's episode, we're looking at the FCS playoffs. We're also looking at uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, draft coming up here uh, this Thursday. And we're also looking at some new college football uh, rules that, have, that are going to be implemented in uh, this upcoming season. But before we get to that, Sporty, we're going to start with uh, your top five that you suggested last week. We're going to go off of our top five current MLB managers so sporty go ahead break break us down your top five all right i just did uh the top five overall uh, best record so far in baseball I, I know things can change dramatically but so far i just have these top five records to go along with the managers now my number one team the athletics they are coached by bob melvin they have one of the top five records this year in baseball. Another team, top five record, world's coach, Mike Matheny, former uh, St. Louis Cardinal. Uh, next team, another MLB player, Alex Cora. The, uh, he's the manager of the Red Sox. Fourth, the fourth team, uh, Roberts of the, of the Dodgers. Dave Roberts. <laughs> Good old Dave Roberts. He's been around forever. And the last one, Howdy, I'm sorry you can't hear this one, but hopefully you can listen to listen to the recording. Uh, the Mets manager, they have one of the better records also, like right out of the top five. Luis, uh, Rojos. Oh uh, yeah, yep. So you went you went off of <clears throat> top five off of record, which is which is fine. Um, you're, fading, you're fading again. I'm fading a little bit. Yep. All right. Um. So you went off of your top five based on somewhat of their their record, which is respectable. Right. So you took basically took the top team from each. Um. Basically took the top team from each uh each division there and and you know gave your top five managers, which is respectable. Uh, I'm gonna go kind of based on. Their history, where they are now, and kind of where their where their projection is, or where they should be. Uh, coming at number five, I'm going to go with Aaron Boone of the Yankees, uh, former player. Obviously, um, he's got a pretty talented squad. Uh, right now, they are uh, below 500, sitting at a nine and 12 record. But I mean, he has a lot of nice pieces. So, I mean, we're sure that you know, as long as they get their offense going, um, and I think their pitching can stay consistent, then. They'll, they'll be good. Uh, they'll be set for this year, and, you know, obviously they're always a contender. So, uh, number four, I'm going to go with Alex Cora um, of the Red Sox. Uh, kind of shocked us all uh, getting swept by the Orioles, but uh, they've quickly turned things around, sitting on top of the uh, AL East there with a 14-9 and record. Again, uh, they got some nice pieces as well, obviously uh, without price and bets, but... Um, Obviously, the injury to Chris Sale hasn't really helped them out, but uh, you know, Core is a really solid manager, and uh, I, I mean, again, obviously, Red Sox, Yankees, you, you expect them to be uh, in the playoff contention, if not uh, competing for uh, that AL championship. Uh, next, I'm going to go uh, Joe Madden of the Angels. Uh, had a lot of success uh, with the Cubs, and again, he has obviously. Trout, MVP candidate, and he has uh, Otani 
uh, you know, really good hitter pitcher combo. So um, right now the Angels are sitting at 10 and 10 there in the AL West. Uh, I think, you know, a team that they're going to have to compete with, obviously the Athletics. But uh, another team that sticks out, obviously, uh, are the Houston Astros. Um, Astros are 10 and 11 right now, but um, I think that uh, – Joe Madden can definitely get the Angels, uh, you know, on top of that AL West spot. Um, I'm going to go back to the AL East here. I'm going to go with uh, Kevin Cash of the Delray's. Rays. Um, right now they're 500 as well, sitting at 11-11. Obviously a uh, solid pitcher in, in glass now, and, and they got uh, Austin Meadows from the Buccos uh, in, that, in that trade with or for uh, Chris Archer. And now they have Archer back on the team, so uh, that, that was a huge... Huge win for the Devil Rays, huge loss for the for the Buccos. But uh, again, I think they're they're a team uh, that can definitely push the Red Sox and the Yankees. And uh, this manager's not on here, or you know, this team isn't. But uh, again, I'm gonna go back to the Blue Jays uh, that can really contend in the AL East. Um, a number one manager right now, Dave Roberts, coming off a you know World Series win, um, just top to bottom pitching staff. And uh, you know their overall lineup is just it's too it's too dominating right now. Um, it, it's interesting to see you know th- th- them clash with the Padres. I think that's going to become baseball's uh, next best rival. You know for the next couple of years, just because the Padres are getting loaded there, uh, Snell, Darvish, Machado, and then you got the Dodgers obviously with Kershaw, Bauer, uh, Betts, Spellinger, uh, Turner. So they got they got a lot of a lot of pieces, and I mean who knows maybe the Padres can push push the Dodgers, but ultimately like we said before I think the Dodgers are, are too are too much right now for the Padres. But uh, so as my top five, <clears throat> I got Roberts number one manager in MLB right now. Um, sticking with the MLB, Sporty Arbuckas playing some five hundred ball right now. Yes, they're they're playing pretty well. Uh, no one expected them to uh, to be this. Good so far. The, the pitching staffs hanging in there. Their their bullpens hanging in there too, and they're coming up with uh, clutch clutch hitting. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. Keep, keep, keep it rolling. I would say uh, Brewbreaker's got to be their their go to guy right now. Yep. Um, and then fortunately they uh, well, who was that? Was that Stallings the other night that uh that broke up the no hitter bid? Yes, with a double, yes. <laughs> and then, so a former Pirate, I believe he was a former Pirate, J.A. Happ, he used to pitch for the Pirates. Yep. He uh, he almost threw a, a no-hitter against the Buccos, but uh, but really, going back to Brubaker, he had seven innings of work, two earned runs, five Ks, and I think both of his runs were solo homers, so if it wasn't for Happ throwing, you know, a complete gem for right around seven innings, close to eight innings, um... I think we'd be talking about Brubaker in that game, but you know it got overshadowed by J.A. Happ throwing a one-hitter. But um, yeah, the Buccos are are kind of uh, you know hanging in there. Um, they took two or three in Minnesota. Uh, they also took two or three in Detroit. So I mean, I'll I'll take a I'll take two out of three each, each series. I mean, every, everybody will take that. So. Um, Sporty, as the, as the Buccos move forward, what do you think their biggest uh, weakness is that that you know they're gonna have to improve on? I I still think I still think their starting pitching 
Um, but right now, it's just it's doing okay. I mean, I just think their starting pitcher starting pitching needs to go longer than than five five innings. They should, they should be going maybe six or seven innings. Or they're not their their bullpen's coming in kind of too early. You know, with, with these games here now today, today the starter only only threw four complete, and, and then the bullpen threw the last five innings. I know they won though, but. So I think the pitching's gonna slowly, slowly wear out as as the season goes on. Yeah, um, I'm gonna turn things around. I'm gonna look at uh, kind of a positive here. I think you know, hitting wise, I think they're. I mean, I know we just talked about them getting no hit, but uh, you know, Fraser's batting well. Reynolds, uh, Moran. I think uh, obviously, you know, without Hayes in there, that obviously hurts, but. Um, you know, I think you know Frazier, Reynolds. They're they're def- definitely a guy that you can you know expect to get a to hit out of, uh, each, you know each game, and uh, but yeah, for them to take you know two a two a three in Detroit, two a three in Minnesota, um, I would have definitely not have you know projected that or predicted that. So, um, definitely glad the Pirates are sitting in third right now in the uh, in their division. Um, believe. Yeah, they're 11-11, half game out of uh, second, and two and a half out of first. And then you got the Cubbies and the Reds. Cubs are 10-11, and 11 and the Reds are 9-12. and 12. So, again, just like every um, you know division in baseball, everybody's right around 500 or very close to it. Um, so, again, that's just something else that, uh, you know, anything can happen. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily bank on the buckos to take over first anytime soon but um i'm just hoping if if they can get to that position that they can hold it for a while so um some notable teams that are you know below 500 right now are the yankees the astros the indians braves nationals cubs i mean if you were to tell me you know 22 games into the season the buckos have a better record than these teams i would definitely not have taken that would have loved to have seen the odds on that one um but, you know, like we always say, things can change drastically quickly in, in baseball. So, but us being Pirate fans, we'll, we'll take a, we'll take a 500 record, you know, for now and hopefully they can keep it rolling. Um, Sport, I'm going to let you segue us into uh, our next topic. We got, sticking with the Pittsburgh theme here, we got the Steelers, um, specifically looking at the draft coming up here on Thursday. Um now, I know we had talked about, you know, looking at the Steelers' first three picks. Um, Sporty, did you kind of take the angle as what you th- think will happen or what you think the Steelers should do? So, uh, I, I think I, these eight guys are guys who I think they need in, they need in, in, each, in each of the seven rounds here. Okay. All right. So, we'll, we'll, we'll let you break off your, uh, your eight guys. Um, and then I'll give I'll give my three. See if any of them match up. So go ahead, just break us down, starting with round one, and right. uh, give us the posi- position name. You know, I'll give I'll give I'll give the name, position, and and the college team they played for. Okay, yeah, that's fair. All right, all right. Round one. Go back to my usual running back, but it's a different running back. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Travis Etienne. Running back, round one. All right, question. Before you continue, is this? Are you saying that Harris is taken, or? Um, yes, I think Harris is going to be taken. Harris going to be taken. Okay. 
Yes. That's what I figured. Go ahead. All right, round two. I think I think round two, I think I think they're gonna go after a linebacker. Uh I'm gonna go with uh prediction here. Nick Bolton, linebacker from Missouri. Okay, yep, I, d- I did see that as a report. Okay, yep, they definitely need, you know, sound kind of an outside linebacker, uh, edge guy. So, all right, that, that'll work. Okay. Round three, I think, they need, I think they're going to go to the offensive line here. Here comes an offensive tackle. Spencer Brown, Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa. FCS route, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, four, we're going to go back on the defensive side here. I'm referring to your your edge edge person here, mm-hmm. uh, Quincy Roche of Miami. Oh, Quincy Roche out of Miami. Yeah, that, he's he's definitely a guy that can uh, cause havoc. So that's yep, former Hurricane. Staying on staying on the defense side, they have two they have two fourth round picks. So my last fourth round pick here, uh, stay on the defensive side. We're gonna go we're gonna go in the secondary here. Cornerback from Central Arkansas, Robert Rochelle. All right, another another FCS. Yes. All right, they have no fifth round pick, sixth round pick. We're gonna go back to the offensive side. Uh, we're gonna go with a quarterback here, Jamie Newman. Oh, Sorry, I lost you there just a little bit. You said Jamie Newman, correct? Yes. Okay, Jamie Newman out of uh, Wake Forest and Georgia. I was gonna. Yeah. I was just about to ask you if you were gonna, you know, maybe think that the Steelers would take a quarterback. So you got Jamie Newman, sixth round pick to the Steelers. I'm not 100 percent sold on that, but I have seen, you know, some projections of that. So go ahead with your last two. And my last two picks. The first pick of round seven. We're, we're, these last two picks are going to be on the on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, this is going to be a tight end from Boise State, John Bates. All right. Okay, and my last, the last pick for the Steelers for the for the evening, staying on the staying on the offensive side. We're gonna go with the offensive lineman, Brandon Kennedy, a, a center from Tennessee. No, yeah, definitely, I you know definitely look for the Steelers to get uh, some offensive linemen. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that running back is you know I, I mean they're gonna go one of two ways here. They're gonna take. A running back or an offensive lineman in that in that first round there, um, you know, obviously Harris Etienne definitely explosive. Um, I'm gonna go. Here's who. If I were the Steelers, this is who I. I'm gonna kind of play uh, GM. I'm gonna take the role of the GM right here. Um, I would take Landon Dickerson, Dickerson out of uh, Alabama first round if he's still there. Uh, 100%. They need an offensive lineman. I don't care who you have at running back. Uh, if you don't have a line for him, you know. He's not going to, you know, offense isn't going to do anything. Um, hopefully, Travis Etienne would be there uh, in the second round. But if he's not there, so I, I would take Etienne. But if he's not there, um, wouldn't be too surprised if they take uh, Javante Williams out of uh, North Carolina. Obviously, a, you know, big running back from North Carolina that uh, put up a lot of yards and scored a lot of touchdowns. So, um, you know, as the season, as a college football season, you know, went on throughout the year, his, his draft stock went up. Um, so I, I definitely think, you know, offensive lineman running back, those are the first two picks. Um, here's, here's where, uh, I show a little bias here. I'm going to go with uh, a guy that kind of gives me a, uh, Bud Dupree kind of vibe and even kind of his looks. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Patrick Jones, edge guy from Pitt. Um, obviously, he can get to the quarterback. Uh, you know, I think he would uh, – him and, him and Watt coming off the edge, those, those would be two, uh, two good guys to have. Um, but uh, it will be interesting to see when, when and who their third uh, their third round pick will be, and when when will they get that uh, that edge rush? Because they definitely definitely need it without uh, Bud Dupree. Um, I'm hoping at some point, not saying it's going to be in the first three rounds, hoping at some point they get Hamlin, Demar Hamlin, or uh, Paris Ford. They definitely need a, a safety. Um, I think Edmonds is going to be gone after this year. Uh, just didn't really live up to the first round hype. So I'm really hoping uh, they can snag Ford or Hamlin. Sporty, who, who's a guy that uh, you hope the Steelers get? Not you know, not necessarily um, have to be in your in your uh, eight picks there. But who, who's a guy you want to see the Steelers uh, take? Uh, possibly. Uh... Kitty Pay from uh, Michigan. Oh, okay, so if he drops, oh man, he'd have to drop a good bit, just because yes. just what, what I've seen, um, you know, in in the mock drafts, I don't, I haven't seen Quitty Pay uh, drop that far, but I mean, he would be a nice, uh, nice asset coming off the edge there. So, um, but yeah, definitely the team's biggest three needs. Sporty, would you agree that it's O line, running back, and edge? Yes. Um, quarterback wise, do you think the Steelers should take a quarterback this year? Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think they should. Uh, at what point do you think they should take a, a quarterback? Uh, the round I said, round six. Round six, do you think that they should, they shouldn't take yes. one, any, you know, earlier or wait? No. Round six seems to be the, the try right. or the, you know, the, the go-to there. Um, I'm not, I'm not really sold on Newman. I mean, obviously anything can, you know, happen, but I just, I don't know how I feel about you know, Steelers taking him. Um, really, honestly, I mean, I wouldn't be too surprised if they take a quarterback late, but I don't think they necessarily need to get one uh, this year. Um, so you had a lot of guys from the FCS and you're, uh, in, in, you know, going to the Steelers. So we'll uh, we'll switch gears here to the FCS playoffs. Um, hey, our, our, uh, our four teams – that you know we were talking about, they all won last week. You know you got Delaware knocking off Sacred Heart, JMU beat VMI, North Dakota State beat Eastern Washington, and South Dakota State I believe beat Holy Cross. Um, going into, uh, I guess you could maybe call it the Elite Eight here. Uh, you got South Dakota State, who's the one seed facing Southern Illinois. Now, Spur, I'm going to ask you this question: Does a team that yes. does a team that has played more games? Have a little bit more of an advantage, or are you kind of taking the team that's played, you know, less games just because you know they're healthy and they haven't, you know, played as much? What, what, what do you think is kind of, you know, if you had to take a take a stand here, what, what would you kind of say is more beneficial, more games or, or less games? I, I think more games equals more reps. So uh, I'll go, I'll go along with the more games. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think, you know, definitely reps are definitely more important. Uh, you can kind of shake some things out that you need to get ironed out there. So, um, so looking at this week, so, or South Dakota State, who you had uh, winning it all, they're 6-1, and one, only losses to North Dakota, 
Um, and they're going up against a six and three Southern Illinois team, um, who just beat Weber State 34 31. Uh, do you like the Jackrabbits in this game, Sporty? Wait, is that is that uh, South Dakota State? Yeah, South Dakota State and yes. Southern, Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois, they, they, they uh, played an at, at large bid, okay? Yeah. They weren't even supposed to win. They were like the UCLA of, of, of March Pass <laughs> this year, so. So you say, you're saying that Southern Illinois is going to pull off the upset, or are you still going with your Jackrabbits of South Dakota State? Hey, you got to stay with the Jackrabbits. Jackrabbits with, with the dub. Um, I believe, you know, I think South Dakota State's on the same side uh, of the bracket because I believe Jacksonville State's the four seed. Now, they're 10-2, and two, and they're going up against an undefeated uh, Delaware Blue Hens team that came off a huge win against Sacred Heart. Um you know, we, we were saying that, you know, we're rooting for Delaware and JMU. Um, does the magical run end for Delaware? Or can the Blue Hens uh, knock off Jacksonville State? I think the Blue Hens are going to pull the upset here. I think Luke Frederick's going to make a couple catches. <laughs> bless you, me. bless you. <laughs> Sorry for the podcast. <laughs> it's all good. I had sniffles. Uh. Yeah, I think I think the Blue Hands will, will pull will pull the upset here. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go to the final four. What's uh what's your score prediction? Uh, 28 21 Blue Hands. Twenty twenty one Blue Blue Hands. Jacksonville State's come off a forty nine to fourteen win over Davidson, so Blue Hands are definitely gonna have to uh you know hold. They'll shape, they'll shape, they'll shape up. Yeah, they're gonna have to hold uh hold Jacksonville State. I mean. You know, Delaware held Sacred Heart to 10 points, so, I mean, it's definitely doable. I'm going to go with the Blue Hens as well. Um, I think that uh, Delaware can, you know, like we said, I think they can pull off the upset. Um, their quarterback, looking up his stats, throws for he's thrown for 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, and three interceptions, while Jacksonville State's quarterback has thrown for 1,700 yards, 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So I definitely think uh, the Blue Hens can definitely get after it. Um, and I think they could, uh, you know, if they win the turnover margin, they, that, you know, I think it's a done deal. I think the blue hens win it. So going with the blue hens and the, in the Jackrabbits going to the final four. So now we're going to switch gears to the right side. We got the powerhouse JMU facing North Dakota, who, by the way, like we said, North Dakota gave South Dakota state their only loss of the season so far. Um, I believe North Dakota lost to... I believe they lost to. Let me see here. Just double check it. Yep they they got they got annihilated by North Dakota State. Um, so you got a five and one North Dakota team going up against six and zero JMU. Sporty, who who you taking here? Got to go with the old Ben Ben DiNucci's team, James Madison. James Madison. Is it is it close or? Yeah. So I was surprised. Uh... James Madison squeaked one out against VMI by seven points. I figured they. Figured they'd be win by a lot more, which I don't think they should. Whatever the spread was in that game, I don't think James Madison covered the spread. Yeah, I don't think they did either. I'm not sure what the spread was there, but I think they were. Uh, my prediction: I think they were favored more by more than one touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so you got JMU. So you're gonna say are you saying they're gonna win by a touchdown or how, how close? Uh, how close I'm is say, it? Um, you know, what, I'm gonna make it another 28-21 victory. James 
I think it's I think it's gonna be high scoring as well. I I mean if it's a six and a half, I I don't even know if there's spreads out uh, yet for this or you know I don't know if the spreads out for this game yet or not. But I'm gonna take uh, JMU. I'm gonna take them thirty four to twenty eight. So I got them winning by six. And then our other matchup, we got uh, the powerhouse North Dakota State versus Sam Houston State. Sam Houston State is. I believe they're the third overall seed, and they are seven and zero. While you have North Dakota State, who's seven and two. Um, wow, did not realize this. Sam Houston State's quarterback has thrown for twenty one hundred yards, while uh, North Dakota State's leading quarterback has thrown for seven hundred twenty one. Um, yes, yeah, so this should be, definitely be interesting. Um, Sport, who are you going uh, with here? I'm going to go with North Dakota State. Well, North, sorry, North Dakota, I mean, right? No, no, yeah, you're right. North Dakota State. Yeah, North Dakota State and Sam Houston State. So, yeah, you're right. North Dakota State. Uh, margin of victory for the Bison. Uh, seven points. I think it's going to be highest scoring. 35-28. 35-28. I'm going to take uh, – I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say uh, – all four of our picks we're going to agree on here. Um, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the Bison. Uh, Sam Houston State, little uh, little shaky in their win versus uh, Mammoth. Yeah, they gave up 15 points in the fourth quarter. They they're up 21 nothing. They they give up 15 in the fourth quarter. So yeah, and I, I know North Coast State they got down. I believe they got down 14 zip, and then they came. Came back, took a 21-20 lead going into halftime, and then I think their defense pitched a shutout in the second half. So I think that uh, that defense continues, and I think they knock off Sam Houston State. So you got the Final Four of South Dakota State and Delaware, and then JMU and North Dakota State. So that, that would definitely be a, a great Final Four matchup. Um, staying with, uh, with, with, with the football talk here, we're going to look at – uh, some new rules that uh, are going to be implemented into the new college football season. Um, going into overtime now, uh, in the second overtime, teams are going to have to go for a two-point conversion. Uh, that rule used to just apply you know, three overtimes or more, but now it's going to be in the second overtime. Sporty, how, uh, how is this going to affect the, you know, overtime as, as we see it? Uh, I think they got to... Uh... I think it's going to make the game go quicker. Also, it's going to make the uh, offensive coordinator think a little, a little bit more sooner than than expected. It in case you know, you usually you know you can just kick an extra point, but now they have, they'll have to think it in overtime sooner than than before. So you got to maybe at the end, end of regulation, they got to have a couple more, couple more plays ready. Just you know. Right. Just in case, just in case, you know, it, it goes two overtimes. You can always have that two, two point conversion, right? Trick, so, trick play in hand, right? Just, just, just for that, just for that second overtime. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think, I mean, you still see people going for two uh, late in the game to just win it in regulation. Right. Um, I think that I think whoever wins the coin toss in in, in the first overtime, that's gonna be huge because if you score a touchdown, you get to kick the extra point, then it's just up to your defense to stop them. But uh, once you hit that second every time, it's anybody's anybody's game there. So, yeah, like you said, two-point conversion definitely is going to speed up the game and uh, definitely going to 
cause offensive coordinators to uh, be a little bit more creative. I believe there's not going to be any more video board distractions, um, which I think that that's a smart rule, um, definitely for kickers. I mean, it's definitely interesting when, you know, you're trying to play mind games with the kicker, but um, I think, you know, taking out the video board distractions is helpful. Uh, I want to hear your take on the uh, faking injuries. Uh, what, do, what do you think about that rule? I love it. I love I love the new rule. There was too many guys faking injuries and made the game go longer. So I I, I like the rule. Get yourself in shape. <laughs> I, don't I, go get don't go don't go down. Right. Don't face injury. Keep yourself hydrated. That was that was the main issue. Main issue. All these guys weren't really. They might have been hurt because they were dehydrated. They weren't they weren't in shape. Right. I mean. But get yourself get yourself hydrated. Quit falling down on the ground, trying to save time out for your team. Man up, get hydrated, and get off the field. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, dictate whether or not, you know, somebody's, you know, faking the injury, if they're going to use video replay. Okay. Um, just haven't heard a lot of specifics about that. Do you um, like the, uh, how about the, uh, you like the coaches, uh, the coaches penalty if they go out, if they go out in the field? Oh yeah, um, I like that rule too. I like that rule too. I like it. I uh, just, again, um, I mean, I know it's part of football for you know coaches to try to call in the plays and be out on the field, but um, you know, if an interception occurs and, and the coach is on the field, then I mean, you're getting in the way. So I, I mean, uh, the rule is you got to be behind and on the sideline there. So yeah, they should be should be flagged. Um, now it gets interesting to see when you go out of the box there. For court for a head coach to run down to get a timeout, um, that, that's that should really be the only time that they're allowed to run onto the field is before uh, the play uh, or the snap. So um, if they're on the field at any point during the play or you know right after the play occurs, then boom, got to flag them. So um, so your hammers this week got to be. Got to be South Dakota State, Delaware, JMU, and yep. North Dakota State. Yep, all, yep, all those teams, hammers. Hammers this weekend. So, um, hopefully Wednesday, uh, Hadley will be back. We can uh, look at uh, top five, um, who our top five, uh, we think, projected uh, top five first-round draft picks are. They're going to be uh, taken on, on Thursday. And then I got a little something. We're gonna do a little MLB draft based on uh, players this year, so that'll be that'll be an interesting topic. And again, more draft coverage. Um, and we'll probably we'll probably sneak in some NBA talk uh, as we get closer to the playoffs here. So, uh, any any last words, Sporty, before we sign off? Uh, no, just four more days until the uh, the uh, draft. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll see we'll see who the biggest uh, winners and losers are of the NFL draft. So, well, uh, I want to make one comment. Go ahead, Ali. We I miss you. Hope hope to see you Wednesday. Is that it? Is that your only comment? That's, that's it. <laughs> so I had to get it in there before uh, before the pod ended. Yep. So uh, we will send it on Wednesday, and we'll be back with some more uh, draft talk. See you then. <laughs>